Good morning, Rock Bible Church. Good to be here. Good to sing. Love that um, that new song. That was that was fun. And uh, I don't know if you could see. I don't think you could see online, but uh, Bryce and Howard were playing their music, and uh, Bryce is over here on the kick drum. And every time he did the kick drum, the little ribbon would kick. And it was like the ribbon was kicking to the music. It was awesome. It was just fun. It was just a neat little thing. I don't know. Uh, but I, I do uh, do want to say good job, uh, Bryce. I love the new song. I love the concept. Um, I will say that it's, yeah, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? Not if I walk through the shadow of the valley of death. Yeah, so if you walk through the valley or the shadow or death, it's just whatever. We get the point. Um, hope you'll join us tonight. It should be a good time and uh, look forward to it. And uh, it'll be fun to see what else uh, Bryce has in store for us. Uh, more importantly, what God may have in store for you tonight. So uh, would love for you to come participate in that. Uh, and good morning. We're welcome to Rock Bible Church. We're Christ-centered, biblically-based compelling casual community we're doing the best we can to compel ourselves and others to christ we're doing it in casual ways that welcome all to worship because everyone should have an opportunity to worship before god and we find that in scripture uh and we're being a community that means we're trying to hold together best we can cooperate work together so that we can serve the greater community um and that's uh that's a lot and it takes work. And so uh, to whatever extent you want to, can be involved in it, uh, join us. And if it's online, that's great. If there's other ways and other things that you can do, uh, absolutely. Um, but part of what we do is we teach and we do sermon series to find out what does Scripture actually say. And uh, you know, it's long been my tradition to skip topical messages, uh, uh, things that I would come up with and do just books of the Bible and chapter section at a time uh, so that we make sure we're covering what God gave us in His Word to communicate to us. And so uh, that's what we do, and, and I'm happy to start a new book this morning. We actually did the first book, the end of last year, First Timothy. So today we're starting Second Timothy. I know you probably could have guessed that, right? Um, but we'll be looking at that over the next few weeks. Um, and it's Paul writing to his, his protege. Um, it's the mentor talking to Timothy, saying, this is what you need to look for. This is what you need to work on. Hey, beware of. Uh, and the, the first book, you can go back and, and look at and find it online uh, on our website and such. Um, but then he writes him a second letter. And uh, over time, over generations, through many councils and many churches and different people, they, they said, you know, both these letters really should be in Scripture. And God apparently approved with that, because here we find it uh, in the canon of Scripture now, uh, with some great instructions. And it, it'd be very easy for us to say, oh, well, this is just Paul talking to Timothy. This is meant for Timothy. Um, this is one man writing to another man. This is really stuff for men. Uh, it's a whole other thing to say, this is God's truth, and it was meant for us. Was it specific to Timothy at the time? Absolutely. 
Can it be specific for us today? We have to say absolutely. Uh, that's the reason why it's in the Bible still. Uh, it's because it was meant for us now. And so we got to look at that and find out why, why would that still be in there? Why would God preserve that so that I would hear it on this 28th last day of February 2021? And so that's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to jump into chapter one uh, in here in just a second. Um, but let's pray, and then we'll get moving. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for our opportunity to sing. Thank you for what we sang this morning, that you are good. And I pray, Lord, that you would stir in our hearts. Pray that we could walk anywhere, whether it's shadow or valley, and be fear-free because we know you're with us. We know you care. We know that's why you gave us words, letters, scripture, to help guide us. And so we pray for guidance this morning. Uh, direction, Lord, we might call it. Purpose. Uh, put us on track. Keep us on track. Help it to make sense. Help us to feel it as well. Um, see it, understand it, Lord. So be with our time as we look at your word. Pray it would honor you, your son, what he did on the cross. May we see that work as finished. And may your spirit confirm and guide us as we look through it. So we pray this in your son Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Here we go. Uh, Genesis, or Genesis. <laughs> 2 Timothy chapter 1, uh, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in who? Christ Jesus, right? That's where life comes from. That's a quick little opening. What are we meant to know from it? Paul wrote it. We know he's writing to Timothy. We're going to find that out in two more words. But maybe it's also meant to be a little bit of a reminder. God has a will, right? According to the will Right? and this promise, and that life comes from God. And uh, sadly, it seems like humans are really good at pursuing life in themselves. We come up with our own ideas, the things that we want, things we say we need, and we've overdefined need. And then we run after it, we chase after it. The Bible talks about that. It's like chasing after the wind. You ever chase the wind? There's no life in it. Takes the life out of you, right? The wind chases me. That's right. Especially when I'm sitting around a fire. The smoke always, no matter where I move, the smoke always comes after me, right? Uh, to Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. This feels like we should say amen right there. Is Timothy loved? Yeah. God want grace, mercy, and peace for him? Yep. Are those four things true about you? Do you believe it? I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers, night and day. Paul committed to prayer? Say yes. I know you're at home and no one can hear you, but say yes anyways. Uh, and now, careful on this one. Are you committed to prayer? Night and day. Ooh, there's a little side note, right? As I remember your tears, uh-oh, Timothy's un unhappy. So 
Something's wrong with Timothy. I long to see you that I may be, that I may be filled with joy. Timothy brings Paul joy, even when Timothy is upset. That's kind of interesting. Is God pleased with us? Does God love us? Do, do we bring him joy even when we're feeling tears? That's a, that's a great, great idea. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now, I am sure, dwells in you as well. And here is our shameless plug for tonight. What's tonight? Dwell. Hey, there's our word twice. A faith that dwells in you, that sits in you, rests in you. How much does your faith dwell within you? When he talks about Eunice and Lois, his mom, his grandmother. But Who's he really talking about? Timothy. Timothy, you have faith. I know you have tears right now, but do you remember you have faith? What weighs more, tears or faith, is really what Timothy's saying. What are you going to put your stock in? What are you going to base your decisions on today? The pain, the frustration, the fear, lack of hope, whatever it is that's causing the tears or the faith? Didn't, didn't we just sing, God before me, God behind me? Or was it something like that, right? Christ before me, Christ behind me. Does that carry more weight than the immediacy of what you're feeling, thinking, fearing? That's, that's a great uh, point. And then I, I kind of noticed something, and, and maybe it's just me, probably just me, but I probably you too notice this too. Uh, boy, Grandma's awesome, huh? Grandma got named in Scripture. Go Lois. What? How did Lois get there? How did Lois become important? She was really smart. She had a lot of kids. No. What's what's her trophy? What's her crown? What her her claim to to fame is faith. And not just faith, but someone here in-house, for those of you at home, is telling me regularly, sincere faith, Scott, not just faith, sincere faith. Not just proclaim faith, but acted on faith. There's another way to say sincere faith. We're going to say it later, okay? That's a little commercial, but in the next 30 minutes or so, you'll get it, okay? So Lois did pretty well. All right, Grandma. And Mom, Eunice... I always like to look at that name as you, nice, right? Eunice, did she follow the example of mom? She did, and now Timothy's following the example of mom. How amazing. And here I told you, I said, maybe it's just me, but I noticed these things. Here it is, ready? Where's dad? Where's grandpa? Where are the men? Nobody knows. They die or are they sitting on their tail? Like for me, I hope they're dead because then they got an excuse for not doing anything. 
if 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 really the women were the pillars of faith and the men were just guilty bystanders what a tragic commentary here's what i know here's what we do know here's timothy after a mom and a grandmother and paul saying hey whether there are men in your life in the past or they're in your life now and they're not doing anything you're called to be a man and this is what men do we do sincere faith no excuses you didn't have dad you didn't like dad grandpa whatever no it's time for you to have faith and i know it's tough and i know you got tears but it's time to you know, strap on the boots let's get to work and let's pursue this faith why because it worked for mom and grandma just love that right uh, you you can bet rest assure uh men's fraternity guys are going to be hearing about this <laughs> next week or two right uh for this reason verse six I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. Fan the flame. God gave you a gift. What's that gift? It just said it, right? Sincere faith. It says, this faith that you have, it's a gift. And by the way, it's one of those special gifts. Batteries not included. I hate those gifts. I used to get those gifts all the time as a kid, right? You get it, it's your birthday, it's Christmas, whatever. I don't know. You open it up and you get it, you're all ready. You get through the wrapping, the plastic stuff that you can't cut through with the sharpest knife on the planet. And you're all ready to go. <laughs> batteries required. And then right after it says, batteries not included, right? I'm sure there was a huge display of batteries right next to the thing. Right now, uh, I was fortunate. Mom and Dad always looked at those kind of things, so I would be so frustrated, not because I couldn't play with it, but because I had to open one more thing, a battery pack, to get them and plug them in, and then I could play with the toy. Uh, what if faith was like that? How about faith is like that? Because Paul is telling Timothy, this is a fan that requires a flame. That was backwards. This is a flame that requires a fan, right? You've got to do this. Why? Which is in you through the laying on of my hands. It says, you already have this. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. said, you already have this. One of, one of my great um, sadnesses where I feel empathy as a pastor is when I sit with people and they try to tell me that they don't have what it takes, that it's been too long or too much, or they made a mistake or too many mistakes, or somehow they're broken. And that's when I have to say, eh, wrong. That's a family phrase, by the way. Came from game shows back in the day. But I would be talking to my dad, and I would just say, and you know, I would come up with this little boy idea that was going to be the solution. And I'd go through this big explanation, and then he would say, eh, wrong. You just negated everything I just said, all of my heart and emotions and feelings and thoughts, and in two sounds, eh, wrong. Anytime we think that we don't have what it takes, that we don't have instilled in us by design, as a creation of the creator, the right intellect, you know, I'm not smart enough, or I wish I was smart as somebody else. Shut up. Don't do that. You don't have the heart. I, I want to care about those people, but I just can't. I don't know why I'm so angry about those things. I just can't get over my anger. Wrong. 
Well, I have control issues. I have anger issues. I have, you have all these things. No. You're making choices. You're making choices to go against what's already instilled in you, which you already have access to. Grandma and mom could do it. Why not you? The question is, how's your fan? Are you good at fanning? Are you good at working? I know this is a little bit of energy. It would take a little bit of time. You might get tired. But how long could you do that with your faith to where you could actually get something out of it? Could you learn how, you, how you're powerful, what your power's for? Could you be loving to the point that other people see and experience your love? Could you control yourself long enough to accomplish something? Or, oh, that's too, too much work. and oh, My arm is just, I'm tired. Right? Just a goofy little visual for you. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. Ooh. Paul is sending this letter from prison. This is Paul imprisoned, restricted, I'm sure having a wonderful time in jail, that was sarcasm. And has, has, has the strength, the love, the self-control to write a letter to Timothy and say, stick with it. If you're lucky, you'll end up in jail like me. Is that what he's writing to him saying? What he's saying is, jail or not, that's not what's important. God's given you faith. With that faith, what will you do with the power, love, and self-control that you have the capacity to exercise? Or you want to make excuses? No excuses. But share in the suffering for the gospel by the power of God. But share in the blessings. Share in the gifts. Share in the payout. The accolades, the titles, no, what's that word? But share in the, I know you think you're supposed to say Jesus right now. Heitzman would if he was here, right? This is not one of those moments. It says share in the suffering. We, we work so hard to avoid suffering. We try to control things and we become unloving and we use our power to protect all kinds of stuff. And Paul says, nope. Protecting the wrong thing. Protect your faith. Don't protect whether you're going to suffer or not. Suffering is temporal. In fact, another place in, the, in Scripture calls it light and momentary affliction. That's what suffering is. It's light. It's not as bad as you think. It's momentary. That means it'll end soon. It's just a little affliction. It's an inconvenience. What if you viewed difficulties that way? and instead saw them as opportunity to exercise faith. This is what Paul is telling Timothy. Uh, this is what God is telling you, me. That's what I think. Uh, verse 9, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, not because of what we did, but because of his own purpose and grace. Is God working on something? Say all the time. All right? And and is it 
a gracious thing he's working on? Absolutely. Which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. From the beginning, Christ Jesus was the plan. From the beginning, the cross was the plan. Jesus' sacrifice, his proof of love, his proof of power, and his proof of self-control. Paul's asking us to do something that Christ has already championed on the cross. It says, by the way, uh, this was set in stone long before age existed. That's pretty interesting. And which now has been manifest, verse 10, through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought to life and immortality to light through the gospel. Boy, Jesus accomplished a lot of things right there, didn't he? For which I was appointed a preacher and apostle and teacher. All of those are outward focused. My power, my love, my self-control, I use for other people. Paul says God does that for me through preaching, apostleship, and teaching. Uh, where's yours? Anybody want to preach? Anyone? Come on up. Right? Sign up. Come talk to me, if that's your thing. Uh, if not, what is it? Find out what it is, and let's get to it. Which is why I suffer as I do. <laughs> why is he in jail? Because he was the loud one, <laughs> and people noticed. And that's going to ruffle some feathers, and it's going to create some suffering. You're going to get some negative posts on social media. Just the way it goes. You still be loving. But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. Ooh. Is Paul talking about sincere faith again? I know whom I have believed. He said, I know where I put my stock, where I where I how I lock up and protect the things that are most important to me is through faith. And I'm convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. He's going to guard that. So you're not on your own when it comes to sincere faith. He's going to work on it with you. And watch this uh, verse, the next verse uh, 13. Follow the pattern of the sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Hey, there's a pattern. There's sound words. You, you've heard them. That's how you do faith and love in Christ Jesus. Because you've, you've had instruction. You know what to do. It's beyond just understanding what happened at the cross and the stories of Noah and Jonah. I feel like sometimes in Christians, we, we, we bank on the, the Holy Trinity. I know what happened at the cross, and I think I kind of know the story of Noah, and I kind of know the story of Jonah. If I can tell the difference between the two then, and the cross, then I'm good. No, it has to play out. It has to play out in your life somehow. By the Holy Spirit, who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. God has instilled something in you that dwells in you. And kind of like he said a few sentences ago, fan the flame. He says, guard it. Protect it. What do you protect? Well, gee, I, I don't protect anything. Yeah, actually you do. Actually, we don't have enough time to talk about all the things that you protect. 
Reach in your pocket. You have keys. Why do you have keys? Well, to turn on the car. No. Well, open the door. No. You have key because you could start the car with a switch or a button or whatever. Touch two wires together. Why do you have keys? To keep someone else from starting your car. Why do you have a key to the door? Not for you to get in the door, but to keep someone else from getting in the door. Reach in your other pocket. Pull out your phone. You got passwords on that? Why? What are you protecting? Oh, I'm protecting my information. See, you protect a lot of things. You have a refrigerator? You have a garage? How about a roof? Do you have a vaccine? Which, by the way, uh, don't ask anybody that question. Have you had your vaccine yet? That's private medical information. Some people are uncomfortable with that conversation. I see people talking about it all the time, like they demand to know if somebody has this or that. No. Why are you demanding to know if somebody else has had the vaccine? You're protecting something. We Almost everything we do is aimed at protecting something. How much work do we put into protecting our faith? This is Paul's point. We should be putting more time and energy into protecting our faith than anything else. It's just brilliant. Just brilliant. Uh, Verse 15, you are aware that all who are in Asia turned away from me. Whoops. Paul got some opposition. It's not just that he's in jail in Rome. It's everybody in Asia has disowned him. Among whom are... Anybody want to try a shot at that name? Let's go with Figilus and Hermogenes. May the Lord grant mercy to the household of Onesiphorus. Why? For he often refreshed me and was not ashamed of my chains. Oh, I I thought he was going to say, bless him for his name is painful. (laughs) No, uh, he refreshed me even though I'm in chains. Did somebody visit Paul in jail? Ooh. That took a little faith, didn't it? There's a chapter on faith, a letter on faith to Timothy and says, hey, won't you be like Oni? That's his nickname now, Oni Siferis. I can't, I can't do that whole thing all the time. Oni, be like Oni. Why? He had enough faith to show up at a Roman prison to serve the guy who is in trouble with the whole government of Rome. Paul's probably going to die at this point. That's what they think. You want to go and show Rome that you're his friend? That took a lot of faith. He said, to refresh me. He's not ashamed of my chamber. But when he arrived in Rome, ooh, he's not from Rome? This, this, this just gets even better. He searched for me earnestly and found me. He's not from Rome. He went to Rome. He went to find Paul from wherever he lived. He had to travel, put together resources. Then when he got to Rome, he just looked him up on his smartphone. He said, oh, I see his location right here. Ding, directions. And he was there in a couple of minutes? No. It's bad enough that Oni had to walk into the Roman jail. He had to spend his time in Rome walking around town saying, hey, I really like the guy that's in jail for religious reasons that Rome wants to kill. Anybody seen him or know where he is? 
Might not have known he was in jail at that point. He's publicizing the idea that he's friends with Paul. And he makes it into Scripture. Why? Because of his faith. Paul, in essence, is saying to Timothy, is saying to you, be like Oni. Be like him. Have your faith be visible to the point where you work at it. May the Lord grant him uh, to find mercy from the Lord on that day. And you well know all the service he rendered at Ephesus. In fact, you know who Oni is because you've heard of him before. Because what he did for me was not unique. This is the kind of guy he is. Ooh. Remember when I said earlier, where's the men? Oh, it might not have been dad or grandpa. But we got Paul and we got Onesiphorus. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen? All right. Great news for women in this passage. Great news for men. We all have a shot. We've got examples. Lois and Eunice. We got examples. Paul and Oni. Right? It's this idea that there, it's possible for you to guard God's deposit in your life, which he would call faith, and do it in a sincere way. Uh, what does that mean? Let me give you four things. One, uh, God's gift is designed to be developed. Designed to be developed. What does he say in uh, verse 5? He's, does he say, uh, fan the flame? He says, uh, remember the sincere faith that, that grandma had that mom had. They said it was designed to be developed because in verse 6 he says, uh, fan the flame. Be like mom, be like grandma. Work at it. And by the way, this is the way it's designed. Later he's going to say guard it, right? I went into that whole thing. What do you protect? What do you guard? Do you have a safe in your house? He says, you've got to work at it. Why? Because that's the way God designed it. God designed our faith, batteries not included, so that we would need to put something into it. Well, geez, God, I thought it was Christ finished everything, like he did everything on the cross, that we are saved by grace and grace alone. Yes. In fact, on the cross, Jesus said, it is finished, right? And yet somehow, Paul and God, through his Spirit, who allowed this to get into Scripture, it says, yes, Christ accomplished all of it alone. You can't earn anything on your own, but you're expected to respond. You're expected to act on it. Why? Out of power, love, and self-control. How about that? Why? Why do that? Maybe God wants something for you. Maybe you could experience life where you could be the type of person who could be in jail and still okay. In jail and still happy. This is Paul writing this from jail. Where you could walk into a, a, a threatening city with a threatening government and, and ask for the name that's most dangerous for you to ask for. Ask for the two names, really. See, when Oni walked into Rome and said, where's Paul? What was he really saying? He was saying, where's Jesus? I want the guy who follows Jesus the best. I want to know where he is. We have to develop that. We have to fan that flame of how do we pursue Jesus and how do we pursue it uh, through other people who are. 
You know, it's kind of like Legos. You know Legos, right? I found out. I found this out the other day. I was listening to something. They were talking about how the plural for Lego is Lego. And I never knew this. They said, yeah, it's like deer. It was a plural of deer. Deer. They said, the plural of Lego is Lego. I said, nope, not for me. Nope, Lego's going to be Legos, plural. I was walking through a store the other day, huge box of Legos, and it was just a bunch of colored pieces, like a mass of like, I don't know, it was two, 3,000 pieces and had all the colors of the rainbow, just a bunch. And I'm looking around the box and I can't find the design, the picture. What am I building? Am I building a spaceship or a fire engine or airplane? Nothing? And it said, uh, you know, the original, original Legos, the way they were designed. You know, when Legos came out, there were no instructions inside. You open up a box or a bucket. You remember they came in a bucket? You throw them on the floor and you start designing something. You're, you're figuring out what you want to develop. I'm, I'm going to build a horse. I'm going to build a man that sits on the horse, right? And it was the funniest looking man and the funniest looking horse you ever had. But you had to develop it. It was designed for development. Well, Lego company figured out that they could make more money if they showed you how to make an airplane and put a picture of an airplane on the front to where you didn't have to do any thinking. You just have to follow some simple instructions. You're not really developing anything. You're just following a to-do list. That's not faith, folks. That's not religion. That's not our walk with Christ. Our walk with Christ is we open one of the best boxes of the best building materials, and he says, what are we building today? Let's have some fun. Love that. Number two, uh, balance, power, love, and self-control. Verse seven says, Fan, you, you got you to gotta guard this thing. You got to use this thing that God has given you. He's given you power. He's given you love. He's given you self-control. What do you use your power for? From, from my son's youngest age, I remember sitting on their bunk bed with them as little, little boys. I, I said, we got into this discussion about strength and power and fighting, and, and I was giving them a little life lesson. Boys, men use their power to help people, not hurt people. What? Hey. They didn't catch it. But I just, I, I would repeat it over and over. We use our power to help people, not hurt people. Where and how are you powerful? But what are you using it for? Paul says, use it for other people. He doesn't say that, Scott. Yes, he does. The very next word, love. How loving are you? And it's not popular for guys you know, if you do traditional, stereotypical, macho guys or whatever, you know, I'm loving, I'm respectful. Get over yourself. Be loving, caring, empathetic. I know the times when I get in trouble are when I'm less loving. When I'm worried more about being efficient, effective, economical. All these great E-words 
that actually get you in trouble? How about just loving? Probably why Paul in our last series in Galatians said, you know, hey, how about gentleness? Loving is something we do outward to care for others. And then, he's, and then he throws in uh, the last one, self-control. Ooh, that's a tough one. Why would you control yourself? Culture's not, folks. Have you figured this out? Culture's not controlling anything. They've stopped controlling what they say. You know, we've heard of this idea of freedom of speech. You can, free, you can say anything you want. Well, you can't yell fire if there's no fire. Why? Because you're freaking people out. You're causing a... We got to the point in culture where humans are yelling fire all the time about different things, no matter what. They don't care about anything. Zero self-control. Where's it, where's it taking us? What are our children learning? What's it doing to our marriages, our business environment, our interpersonal interactions with people? It's killing it. What if you controlled yourself to the point that you were monitoring whether you were being a blessing or not? Whether you're bringing kingdom to that environment or if you're robbing that environment of kingdom. Which kingdom? Who, wait, who's the king? We're talking about England? Come on. Kingdom of God, right? Are you bringing God into an environment or are you taking God out of the environment by the way you act and by the way people are perceiving you? Because it is tempting every environment to just run after whatever you want. Exercising self-control, love, and, and power is done in balance. If you can balance those three, you will be the most popular person in the room. You will be the most effective person in the room. You will be liked more than anybody in the room. Why? Because you're on purpose. You're by design. And they won't ever say it that way. But you're being godly. And when you do that, it's attractive. Number three, find the positive pattern. Find the positive pattern. Verse 13 uh, starts to talk about, what's it say? Um, it says, follow the pattern of the sound words. It says, there's, there's a pause, sound words, right? The sound is the good part. Find the pattern of sound. Why? Because verse 15 happens. Wait, what's verse 15? Verse 15 is those two names we couldn't pronounce somehow ended up in Scripture. And it wasn't for good things like Lois and Eunice, Onesiphorus. It was the two people that had abandoned Paul. Examples of how all of Asia had turned against him. How did they end up in Scripture? We follow the positive patterns because there are many negative patterns. Negative patterns are everywhere. You are surrounded by negative patterns in what you hear and what you see, what you watch, where you go, stuff that's printed, what's tweeted, posted, trending, cover of, all that stuff. Marketing is killing your soul. And you've got to find the positive patterns. Why? That's how God designed it. Why would you do that? Because it's how we find the flame. It's how we guard sincere faith. It's how we guard what God has deposited in us. We find the positive pattern. 
of what works. Did you find any positive patterns in this passage? Well, that's a lot of peas. I pray night and day. Ooh, there's a positive pattern. He remembers your tears. You remember, is it a pattern for you to remember how others are feeling? Are there other positive patterns in here? I rejoice in my suffering. I write letters when I'm in prison. There's some great patterns. Sometimes we're more concerned about what's the pattern of our diet. What's the pattern of our work schedule? What's my sleep pattern? Those are all important. Are we discounting those things? No. You get through all those, get through the pattern of your medication, get through the pattern of whatever you need to do. Why? So you can get to the real positive patterns. Positive patterns 2.0. Things that really start blessing other people. That's what we got to do. That's why. Lastly, uh, sound words work only in obedience. Sound words work only in obedience. Paul says, hey, uh, look for the pattern of the, in the sound words. What's that? Scripture. The Bible. When does that work? You know, Scott, I, I just don't see God doing it. He says in Scripture, da, 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 and I don't see it. I don't feel it. Really? Well, what have you been doing? Nothing. Well, what are you getting? Nothing. Is there a pattern there? Folks, it, it works by design, on purpose. We're supposed to guard what he's instilled in us that dwells in us. Why? So that it'll work. You, God himself, Jesus himself said, don't throw your pearls before swine. If you're not accepted, you leave town, wipe the dust off your feet. Why? Because there's going to be times where it doesn't work. It says in Scripture, in this life you will have trouble. James says, in life you will encounter various trials. There are many, many times where it doesn't work. In fact, one place in Scripture says, the road is wide and many are those who find it that leads to destruction. Gosh, I thought it was a happy book. It is. Try any of this. Try any of it. Even for a little while, it'll start to work. Why? Because you were obedient. You've got to find a way to be obedient. Legos aren't working. Well, you haven't opened the box. They're still in the box. They're not going to build themselves. It's the goofiest thing I've ever heard. In fact, if Legos... I, I, I make very few promises to you as a congregation. Here's one of them. If Legos come out with self-building blocks, I will never buy them. Is that a fair promise? Why? What's the point? I don't want to go buy a fully assembled Lego ship. No, what's the fun? Building it. In fact, I can't remember playing with the Legos as much as I enjoyed the time building them. Is that weird? Why do people make jigsaw puzzles? Do they leave them out when they're done? Do they frame them and put them on the wall? As soon as they're done, what do they do? 
They look at them, maybe take a picture now, because pictures are a dime a dozen on your smartphones. And they crumple the thing back up in the box and put it back in the closet. What was all the time for? The joy of the process. Love what we hear about Oni. I jokingly call him Oni, Onisiphorus. All the things that he did in obedience and did it work. Absolutely. We sang, set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. We sing that this morning? I'm reading that. I was oh, yeah, I want that. Why? Because it sounds fun. It sounds exciting. It sounds energetic. The emotion. I want a relationship with God where I got a fire in my soul. And I can't control. I can't contain it. I want the emotion. I want all this stuff. I want to feel God. Yeah. Then I'll do it. Yeah, awesome. I guess what? Probably most of the time. You're not going to feel that way. That's why someone wrote this song. Because I don't always feel that way, and I want to feel that way, because then I'll be obedient. No? How about the other song that you sang? You are good, good. And what's, the next, what's the next part? Oh, oh. Brilliant writing. But we sang it, and we sang it over, and we sang it with emotion. Why? Not really emotion. It's like... It's pretty much an intellectual thought that we have to be reminded regularly. Why? Because we're not going to have the fire in the soul with the lack of control thing very often. You know what you can have at any moment? You can have the remembrance that God is good. What if you paired those two things? What a brilliant combination of songs. Almost prophetic on Bryce's part. We want God functioning in our heart, but we also have to remember to make them function in our head so we compare the two, because which is most important? We'd say both, right? Because that's what gets us to obedience. That gets us to what we sing then after that, which is like, I'm, he, he was on a roll this morning, Bryce was. Think about walking through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm a Dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know the end of that Psalm 23? And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. How do you get to the last verse of Psalm 23? All the obedience that happens going down from verse 1 all the way to the last verse. Yeah, I'm going to have to walk through the valley. Yeah, there's going to be death's shadow. Yeah, I don't care. I'm not going to fear. Why? Because I trust. I'm going to think that he's good, why his rod and his staff, they come for me. You pair your head and your heart together, that's how we get to the house of the Lord. Which, by the way, when's that start? I remind you of this all the time. Starts now, not when he's good when you get to heaven, right? You see, we gotta get to the point where we believe this stuff. That's how we guard the God's deposit. And I wanna close with this. Bryce prayed this in his prayer, and I, I had to write it down because it was so poignant. Bryce actually wrote the sermon this morning. Let's, let's just say that, okay? Right? Um, if you could just believe a little bit this morning, 
if we could just believe this a little bit this morning. Man, what could you accomplish? What could he accomplish through you? What flame do you need to fan? That's the challenge this morning. What do you take out of here? Well, I got faith. All right, good. All right. Uh, it's protected. Uh, can't be taken away. All right. I got power and love and self-control. Okay. For what? Fill in that blank. And then find a way to believe it just a little bit this morning. To see where God takes you. Amen? Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you how consistent, clear, uniform, how it all fits together. Lord, thank you for the brilliant writing that you forced Paul to do. We know it came from you. Thanks for Timothy, Lord. Someone who is willing to engage with someone else and take direction. I thank you for how Paul was able to influence Timothy in spite of his condition. That Timothy, were, for whatever reason, he had tears, was able to be affected. We pray the same for us. Help us to be affected. With your prayer right now, I want you to think, where can you have influence? And where can you be influenced? Show us that, Lord. We thank you for the offering we're about to receive. And we pray in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Probably would help if I turned it on, right? Guess I need to fan that flame a little more. Uh, may you fan the flame he's given you. Amen? Go with him.